It's the Breaking Barriers Podcast, brought to you by Say Yes Buffalo, the Greater Buffalo Racial Equity Roundtable, and the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo. Here's your host, Daniel Robertson. I know you're going to dig this. Hello and welcome to the Breaking Barriers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Robertson. Uh, Today is a very unique podcast that we're going to bring to you today. We're actually live on site here at Fredonia at their Men of Color Summit. I'm here with Antonio and also Malik. Uh, two members from our Youth Leadership Council, and Antonio actually just gave a, a very dynamic, dynamic, dynamic workshop about transformational leadership. And um, I, I like Antonio just kind of talk a little bit about what occurred during that workshop. And uh, Malik was a part of that workshop, and I heard he was kind of setting setting the, setting the path for the young people on the council. So, uh, Antonio, why don't you kind of take us away and just uh, tell us about what was going on during the workshop? Absolutely. First and foremost, thank you, Dana Robertson, for uh, engaging me in this conversation today, and thank you, Malik, for joining us. Um, thank you, Jamil Cruz, for allowing us to be uh, on this social media platform. Uh, to start, transformational leadership is something that I've always valued. Um, it's something that has bridged since the 1960s, and it talks a little bit about having a shared vision with your followers, also leading with authenticity, making sure that you have um, individualized attention to your individual followers as well, not only putting people in a collective space, but also creating and facilitating a dialogue and making sure that people are part of the conversation before you take action. Um, I value this kind of form of leadership. I think it is what we have seen displayed by our former president, uh, Barack Obama. I'm not too certain it has been displayed by our current president, but those are conversations we won't get to now. Uh, I think Malik was one of the greatest people in the workshop because he had a lot of insight and a lot of input I think that he really added to the conversation, so I would love to hear a little bit more feedback about what his thoughts were in the workshop, and if at all it was effective. Yes, I thought the workshop was very effective, and the part that I loved about the workshop the most was the open discussion that we had. And I loved the fact that it was surround in a circle, because I was able to see every other you know, black man's face in that room, and we were able to really have an effective um, conversation you know, and we learned a lot. And we, uh, the one part about it that I loved the most was that I was able to listen to what everyone has to say. Normally, I'm the one, you know, always speaking. I know I get told I talk so much sometimes, um, but it was a great opportunity and a great chance for At me. Least he's to honest. Listen, for it was a great opportunity and a great chance for me to actually, you know, sit there and listen to what everyone has to say and the reasonings behind um, why they said that and why they feel the way they feel. Thank you, Malik. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I think the fishbowl was one of the most powerful tools that we utilized. Uh, The gentlemen were really getting into conversation with that one. Um, And the intergenerational perspectives we had. I mean, you had gentlemen who were in their 60s. You had students who were 18 years of age. You had those who were in their mid-20s and those who were approaching 30. But that didn't stop the conversation from happening. I think, if anything, it enhanced the conversation because you can see the differences in growing up and how racism has affected everyone. Uh, we also talked about white privilege. I think sometimes I like to stray away from that conversation because we don't want to offend certain people. But no, actually, you know, Ant- you know, Antonio, that's actually really, really good because our, during our last podcast, we actually sat down with Corey Green, okay. who actually uh, the Blackness Project, right? The Blackness Project. Oh. So oh. that was actually part of the conversation that we kind of had during our last podcast. And I know you were, were at the screening, so you right. want to talk a little bit about that and how it kind of ties into the conversation you had today? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So. The Blackness Project was a spinoff from the Whiteness Project, I believe, um, in which 
in the Whiteness Project, people were allowed to display their anti or their racist sentiments or their ideas of what they perceived to be implicit bias. Um, and in the Blackness Project, we kind of took it from a different perspective, and, well, not we, but Corey Green, and talked a little bit about more of the socioeconomic factors and different things that affect people of color that is not taken into consideration when people are implying implicit bias. Um, I mean, that has definitely enhanced our conversation here today. I mean, just think about it. The fact that we have poor schools, right? We have, we have dilapidated buildings in which people are living in. We have poor conditions of living. We have poor quality of life. Um, the lifespans are being cut by 10 years. We have a lot of people being put into prisons for unnecessary or miscellaneous crimes that don't necessarily affect our system or our government. Um, there's just a number of issues that oppress African Americans and people of color, even those who immigrate to this country who consider themselves to be black immigrants. But we don't ever have that conversation. Um, and so the one thing I think the Blackness Project did well was bring attention to the east side of Buffalo, um, which is a hot topic right now. It talked about a lot of the, the economic deprivation that occurs. Um, and we talked about it a little bit at the conference as well today in terms of how concentrated areas of poverty is where African Americans are forced to live. Um, and the quality of life that they have to endure in those areas do not allow them to advance themselves forward. Um, so I was appreciative of Corey Green and the Blackness Project, and I was appreciative of today's opportunity. And uh, yeah, definitely helped, definitely helped a lot. So Malik, you just heard Antonio mention some of the issues that young men of color, people of color kind of face, uh, just in general, but also in Buffalo. Uh, what's your take on some of the issues that you face as a young man of color? Um... It's a lot of issues that I face as a young man of color, and the best part about having, um, well, being able to get this opportunity and this chance to have a, you know, group discussion like this was that we were able to talk about many um, things that um, oppress black young men, especially, um, you know, the whole incarceration thing, the schooling, the school system, which was, you know, a big issue, um, you know, I believe, and also the whole masculine versus feminine thing and colorism and how that plays a big part in our own community, which I feel like we really don't have these conversations, and as being part of the youth, you often get told that be quiet, stay in a child's place, you have no right to speak on these topics and these issues. So I just wanted to say, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I just wanted to add that in there. Well, talk a little bit more about how you feel in regards to basically being told that you should stay in your place as a, as a young person, because you know one of the things that we want to do with the Youth Leadership Council is elevate and raise youth voice, and we really hear from the young people so that we can really kind of take the task that the issues that young people face. So kind of talk about how you feel about actually having the ability and a platform to showcase and voice uh, your concerns. I, I want to say I love the fact that I'm able to have this platform to voice my um, opinion and my concerns about certain issues that are going on in today's society because I am a part of the, you know, the few people, the few, um, I'm a part, I am one of the few people you know, and the youth that understands and that are that is aware of certain issues that are going on. And growing up for me personally, I was always told to be quiet, stay in the child's place. And also, since I am a black young man, that men don't really express themselves. Men are not allowed, black young men are not allowed to express themselves, to so show emotions, to get angry or to, you know, cry. But, um... I'm, I'm able to, you know, use this platform for good, you know, um, my true intention and with this platform. I'm all about intention. If it doesn't line up with my values or my belief, I don't do it. Um, and I'm thankful to be being a part of this whole breaking barriers thing because it's, it's incredible. But, um, yeah, growing up, I wasn't able to really speak my mind, especially as me 
I guess, you know, when you're when you are an outspoken person and when you, you know, constantly is are is talking about certain problems and issues that are going on, you're often um, silenced. People try to silence you. They try to get a, get rid of you before you are able to really articulate um, your words and, a, and really able to, um, you know, speak a certain way. Um, so, yeah. So, Antonio, I know you're doing some work with the city. Uh, can you talk about some of the work that you're doing with the city? And also, uh, we didn't even kind of get into this before you started talking about your uh, just amazing transformational uh, leadership workshop that you uh, helped lead today. But just give us a little background on who Antonio is and uh, how you even got to Buffalo. You want my whole life story? I just want the brief, the brief version. I want whatever no. you're gonna give me. I want whatever you're gonna give me. Oh man! And don't um, don't give me the. Uh, the dollar version. The dollar. I don't want it off the dollar menu. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, so, my, my, you know, coming to Buffalo was one of the best decisions I think I made. Uh, so right out of college, I finished at Fredonia um, with a Bachelor of Arts in English and a Bachelor of Science in Social Work. Uh, and I went right to City Hall. I started as an urban fellow intern in Mayor Brown's office. Um, and then in 2016, the Division of Citizen Services, the same office I was an intern in, received a grant to house... AmeriCorps VISTA members, which is part of Corporation for National Community Service. And so the grant is an anti-poverty initiative, which forces us to look at different focus areas, such as future um, healthy futures, economic opportunity, um, and I decided in education. And I decided that, well, this would be a great way for me to segue into government, as I have initially always wanted to be um, an official of some sort, whether it be a senior cabinet position, whether it be hold office. So it was a great reason for me to come. Um, so I've been with the Division of Citizen Services for three years now. I went from being a member on the team, AmeriCorps team, to now serving as a leader. So I'm working with 12 individuals who are also on the same anti-poverty initiative. Uh, and we do a number of things, whether it be Love Your Block, which initiative from Citizen Service, to help neighborhood revitalization. So looking at creating a service plan. How do we use citizens to tackle public challenges in our society um, and in our cities? We're looking at creating opportunities with Buffalo Education I'm sorry, Buffalo Employment Training Center. We also outsource to different um, organizations and public nonprofits across city, the city of Buffalo. So it's a great opportunity for me to meet other individuals who are doing the kind of same work I'm doing. Uh, me as an overall kind of person, I like to just chill. I love dancing. Y'all already know that off the bat. I'm always the first on the dance floor, always getting hype, never want to stop. Uh, if you know the party, hit me up. Um, <laughs> but um, also, I just enjoy culture. I enjoy meeting people. Um, I love reading. I think the best tool that we have in our society are books. If you could read, please read and read and be shrewd about it because at the end of the day, the more you know, the more effective you can be. Um, currently, I'm pursuing a public administration degree at Buffalo State College. I hope to be done um, in December. And who knows where life takes you from that? So, yeah, that's my life in a nutshell. All right, great. I actually, I want to give uh, Malik a chance to kind of tell us a little bit about himself and some of the work that he's doing and his uh, future goals and path that he plans to take once he finishes high school. Well, I plan to, you know, um, take up broadcasting when I, you know, eventually do go to um, college and further my education. A little bit about me is I love the arts. I love to sing. I love to act. I love to read, honestly. Um, I feel like enough, a lot, not a lot of people really read. Um, I feel like we need to bring back, you know, the books. Um, I'm very, I'm very talkative, as you already know. I love to talk. I can talk your ear off for hours, and so I just wanted to keep it short. But yeah, I'm, I love to try new things also and eat food. Who doesn't love food? 
Got you on that food part for sure. And if you know Buffalo, y'all know there's mad cultures up there with all that good food. I'm not going to no shout out to anybody. I don't want to be And also, um, <laughs> what I want to do with my life is I want to make a, make a change. I want to make an impact on this world. Thank you, Malik. So we just had uh, Marcus McConnell join us on the podcast. Marcus is uh, another member of the Breaking Barriers Youth Leadership Council. And Marcus, I know you're here today with us at Fredonia at the uh, Men of Color Summit. Can you just talk a little bit about what your experience has been like here today? Well, first and foremost, it's been good. Um, I just came from the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur, uh, um, as I believe so. The entrepreneur workshop with uh, yes. Derek Parsons, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And my experiences with that is, it was good, by the way. And therefore, and I feel as I, if that if you keep on believing in yourself and keep on making your own product, uh, doing, doing something that you want to do, I think it's a good start. Well, I think a good start is to believe in yourself and to be confident of doing what you know that you could be doing and can do because you could just do something and not believe in yourself. And once you're not believing in yourself, you're not going to win. You're not going to be uh, successful. Like anything, like anything is a product. Everything is a business. It doesn't have to be physically or mentally. It could be both as it is. Like for me, I feel like that, um, I am my own product. I'm doing something for me. I'm doing something so everybody can else do, and that is to believe in yourself. Anybody can do it. You just have to put in the effort, and you just have and you just have to put your heart into it. And I think that is one of the things that I learned today um, during his um, presentation. Uh, you know, Marcus, I've known you for a long time. We go all the way back to CAO at the press. Yes, sir. P-R-A-T-T, what? Shout out, all right, one time. Um, mm-hmm. And you've always, uh, well, you know, when I met you, you, you were kind of quiet. But uh, now that I see you in this new light, in this uh, much more almost adult-like body, uh, you yes, become sir. way more outspoken, and I see it during the council. Uh, so just kind of talk about your, uh, your, your upbringing, your background, and how you kind of got to this point. I mean, okay, so when I was younger um, at the press center, my after-school program, the reason why I was like, like really quiet because I, I felt like I was an outsider and I felt like no one really didn't get me. And so my thing was I was always trying to fit in. And when I was always trying to fit in, I'm going to say that it, it didn't go out for me like well because people always used to be like, oh, but um, you're trying to be like us, da-da-da-da-da. And me growing up and me thinking about that, I'm just like, you know what? I have to have my own style and my own wisdom, you know? So there yet, I have to um, prove to them, like, look, I am who I am. If you can't, if you can't accept from me for who I am as a person, then you know what? That's okay. I'm going my way. You can go your way. But I feel like what really, like, motivate me is when that I know that I'm really intelligent and I know I'm very smart and I, and I, and I know I have very good um, vocabulary to say something, then I should start using it because... Some people might have the courage to um, might have the courage, but don't put the effort to it, you know. So therefore, I think my um, lesson is like to be yourself and don't be afraid to let everything all out because at the same time, you don't know it can like encourage somebody. It can it can like encourage a whole lot of people. It doesn't have to be some certain people because at the same time, life is life, and you have to let things just like roll off your back and just be like, you know what. I'm better. I'm better at this. I'm better than tomorrow, than yesterday. So at the same time, I think, and just like think about, think about the good instead of the bad. 
like that. Life is life. All right. Uh, Marcus, uh, tell us why. This is actually for you and Malik. Uh, what made you join the council? Well, to be honest with you, the reason why I joined, because really, like, I really, like, I, I wanted to join, but I did it. I wanted to, but I didn't at the same time because I thought it was just going to be like a one-time thing. Like, okay, boom, this is going to be it. And I thought we, um, I thought it wasn't going to be like, oh, this day we're going to meet this or that or anything like that. I thought it was just going to be like a one-time thing. So I was just like, so what's the point of going if it's just going to be a one-time thing and nothing is really going to be happening? But for me, just like think of it, I had to think about what if it's not a one-time thing? So I was like, I was just like, you know what? Let me go check it out for myself. So I did, and I was what, just like, what was the reasoning behind that mindset? What made you think that it, oh, this might just be a one-time thing? I shouldn't. Well, go. to be honest with you, like the other um, places I went, it was just like a one-time thing, and I felt like me, like it was like other presentations, like other like people saying, oh, we're gonna make a change, oh, we're gonna make, uh, we're gonna make this, or we're gonna make that, but. And really, I believed, um, I believed it like so much. And but within me, I felt like I made a change. I felt like I was doing a whole lot. So at the same time, while people was like in that circle with me, people really wasn't doing anything to make change. It was just like if I was like the only one there, just doing the um, process. And for me, it's like wow, like. So Marcus, like, you're talking about change. What are some of the things that you 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 as a young person want to change? Wait, um, can you uh, repeat that for me? What are, you talk about change? Yes. Right. So, what are some of the things that you want to change? Like, you can only change yourself if you if you think you can. Like, it's the same. You can't change the world if you can't change yourself. And I think that, and I just like go around and show like a good example because I just can't tell people that oh yeah, um, you do have to do this or you have to do that because at the same time, what if that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing? Then what? So I think that if that if, if if that was the case, I think I want to change is first uh, first of all the violence is going on, and and to be honest, I think that we should all get together as men of color, and like and this is just my opinion from like every like neighborhood, and just like just feel all right like it, it should be like it should be like no violence going on, but at the same time. We can't do that because it's, it's always going to be that hate. It's always going to like be like that a negativity going on. So, Marcus, I'm going to ask you a tough question. Malik and Antonio, you guys can chime in on this question as well. Uh, Marcus, you're talking about bringing um, our people together, yes. um, men of color together, neighborhoods yes. together, communities together. Yes. How do we do that? How do we do that? And you know what? I'm going to keep it real with you. I mean, it's really, it's really nothing that how could you do it. It's more like... Why, why, why would you want to do that? You know, because if you're just like doing it and just be doing it, then what good is that going to do? But how we do it? So you're talking about doing it. With, if we're going to do it, you have to do it with purpose, right? Yes. And real intention. Yes. So uh, Malik and Antonio, why don't you guys kind of chime in on that as well? Well, I just want to say because my mother said something um, to me a couple of days ago that I would never forget. She said, if you want to make the world a better place and you want to change the world and give back to community, first you have to start within yourself. And then you can start within your household. And then you can start without, and within your street, with, on, on your street. And then you can start within your neighborhood. And then you can start within you know, a city. And then it can turn into the in, in, entire world. You have anything to say, Antonio? Yeah, sure, Malik. Uh, 
I think for me, it's a matter of breaking down the silos. I think for too long, we have separated ourselves and we haven't been able to find common ground. And I think issues such as these that present itself are opportunities for us to see where there are commonalities and for us to really understand that we are powerful, united, and we are divided. Um, so I encourage always having conversations and tough topics because that's how we are able to find common ground is when you're able to really dissect truths and understand um, things are not absolute. But there are always middle bands and there are always middle grounds for us to all come together. Um, and so I think to change the world, you got to first find within yourself the confidence and then you have to become the leader that you think you want to be or that you are or ought to be. And then you have to really look to break down the silos and collaborate and make sure you don't allow your implicit biases, your judgments, or your opinions to formulate what you think should be our society, but instead to find ways to incorporate everyone and make it truly inclusive and find equity amongst ourselves. I'm sitting here with some very intelligent young men, y'all. Um, I'm going to pivot a little bit because I know uh, one of the topics you covered today in your workshop was leadership. So for you, Antonio, Emily, and Marcus, uh, give me one person that you looked up to that you really idolized because of their leadership skills. Well, man. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to say two. God and my mother. Because I feel like with, with God, anything is, um, anything is possible. And, and it's just like a, like a miracle is happen if you happen, you know? And for me, it's just the fact that my mom always told me, like, Marcus, if you want to do something, do it because it's, it's what you want to do. Do it because it's, um, it's, it's because of God. Because with, those, because with God, anything is possible. And without God, anything is not possible. And God showed me a different route in life. Like, he, like God showed me, like, a different lifestyle that I, I, I could be living. It doesn't, owe, it doesn't have to be the drugs. It doesn't have to be gaming. It doesn't have to be that. It could be something different. Because throughout all my life, that's all I've seen. That's the like that's like the almost everyday thing that um, I always seen in life. So, all because of my mother, because I knew God. I want to say I looked up to um, Oprah Winfrey, God number one, Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels. Um, Taraji P. Henson because growing up I, on the screen I didn't see people that looked like me. I didn't see, you know, colored people, you know, um, dominating the game and so I looked to these people and they made it possible, you know, growing up as a little black boy watching from television, watching from home, you would never think, you never really saw black other black people, you know, being successful, other black people, you know, dominating the game and doing a good a damn good job at doing what they do. You know, and so just watching that, it gave me a sense of possibility and a sense of change is, you know, occurring in this world. And it gave me a sense of mostly possibility, you know, that I can do it, that I can accomplish anything if I put my mind to it and I work hard because they worked hard. They worked their ass off to get where they are, where they're at right now. And so it just really gave me a sense of possibility and knowing and trusting and just believing that no matter what, no matter what obstacles, you know, life throws at you, because there will be a lot of damn obstacles that life is going to try to throw at you, that you can overcome it by just believing and having faith. Um, and go, going back to, you know, the Bible, I ain't trying to get all the way in the Bible, but all you have to do is have a, the faith of a mustard seed, and a mustard seed is so little, you know, so yeah. I think for me, uh, I'll agree with Marcus, I think my mom definitely played a major role um, as one of the best leaders 
Um, however, I also want to say that there has been the men in my life, I think in my immediate household, who have really shaped who I am. I think of my older brother and his experiences, you know, having a child at an early age um, and understanding that it was difficult for him immigrating to this country and having to assimilate to American culture. I think about my mom's um, ex-boyfriend who, who lived in the house with us and how his impact in terms of raising me as his own son and not discriminating against me because I wasn't his own blood child and taking me in. I think those are instances where we have immediate role models in our vicinity that we sometimes tend to ignore because they're not as popular as social media makes out our, you know, fanatics and, and, and other superstardoms. But I think that the people in our community who we should look up to are those sometimes in our immediate household. And yes, they're not perfect. You know, they have shortcomings and they have struggles and life experiences that, that shape who they are. But I think that they are assets to us and that we should look to find the strengths within them and not the weaknesses that we see that society chooses to depict. And I just want to say that I think two people that I really, 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 really look up to is Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. First, I want to say Martin Luther King because I think when I first heard I had a dream, it really, like, I'm going to keep it real with you. Like, the first time I heard it, I cried. And I was 10 years old because that really, like, felt my heart. Because it was, like, a time that, yeah, Buffalo, New York, yeah, it's, like, really a diverse, like, city. But at the same time, where I was at in Buffalo was, like, filled, like, was, like, filled with racist people. And people really didn't want to believe in me. People just said, you know what, you're just going to be another black just on the street. And, and really, it's just like, you know what, if, if that's how it is, it, it is what it is. But at the same time, I, I, I can't let that be what it is because it's more than just what it is, you know? And, and it really, like, touched me, in other words, because it shows that if you have a dream about something, you can make that happen. And it's a lot of times that his dream became reality. And that shows me that if he have a dream about something, he's going like, he's, he's to try to make it happen, and so should I. So my dream is this. I have a dream that anything is possible. I have a dream that people will respect one another. I have a dream that it's going to be a possibility that people, have to, that people just need to get over the fact that we're all, yeah, we're all different people. We're all have our own different lives and only in different backgrounds but what are we going to do to move forward and the reason why I picked Malcolm X as um, the one I look up to because so even though Malcolm X was like like a no white like person like he didn't like white people all like that let's, let's say that initially oh <laughs> you're right you're right things changed a little bit when he returned from his his uh pilgrimage to mecca but yes, yes. but at the same time yeah even uh, yeah like, even though that um he had a little bit of hate uh, within him but at the same time it shows that he had his purpose he had his reasonings and at the same time he showed that look i am who i am but if, you're, if, but if you're just going to hate me for who I am, then you know what? Fine. But I'm still, I'm still going to stand proud and stay for who I am, and, and, and that's who I am as a person. Like, I stand out for excellence. I stand out for all people that, who respect one another. And I like that you brought up Malcolm X, uh, Marcus, because I think 
Malik, you can agree in the workshop today, I think one of the gentlemen brought up Malcolm X and how sometimes he's often written out of history because he expressed so much of the human frustration and anger with racism, um, and it wasn't as uh, nonviolent or as uh, emotionally controlled as Martin Luther King Jr. did. And so very often he's the one that's not often talked about. So how does that make you feel? You know, Malcolm X being a good portrayal of the actual uh, expression of frustration and anger that was very vivid and, and that people can actually relate to, but a lot of people sometimes dismiss him because it wasn't as monitored or as controlled as Martin Luther King or as we now perceive uh, Barack Obama. Well, at the same time, I would say this. These are two different black men who came from two different backgrounds. So I think it's a right and a wrong because at the same time, they could be right and they could be wrong at the same time because I felt like that within a Malcolm X, um, a reasonable excuse of why he chose what he chose, it was right. But some, but some of the things that he was standing out for was wrong. Just like Martin, just like Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King had his rights and Martin Luther King had his wrongs. And I felt like it was one, one of his wrongs was to let, like, let things just like, a viol like violence happen. Because what if, that, what if that we did fight back then what? You know? What if that we did do something we had no business doing, but at the same time, we still, we, we still have to overcome the fact that we're all people of color and we came from, us black people, we came from a place that we were like taken from and that's Africa. And, and, and knowing the fact that some of us still have hate, some of us still have this hatred background, it's just that don't get over it, but just know that not all people are like that and not, and not all people are just racist. And, and I think that what I'm, I'm trying to get from it is that we have to love us before we love any, um, everybody else. Because I feel that if we do that, I think a world will be a better place. And Malik, but how do you feel? I feel like Malcolm X's approach showed the reality of the whole situation, that people out there are mad. People out there have every right to be mad. We have anger. We have pain. You know, um, we weren't treated for it fairly. We weren't. We were not um, afforded certain opportunities. So I believe Malcolm X's approach um, showed the reality of the whole situation. That people out there are mad. We're angry, and I, I just want to say out there that. We, as people, we should never take that for granted. We should never take what another person is going through for granted. Now, Malcolm, I mean, not Malcolm X, um, Martin Luther King Jr., he also, he took a different approach. He took a nonviolent approach, and I agree with both approaches because there's a time and a place for everything. Sometimes you, it's a, it's, you know, it's a time and a place for everything. Sometimes you have to, you know, approach the situation differently, but then sometimes you got to act a fool to get results. So that's, you know, what I want to and sir, um, how do you feel about it? Oh. Yeah, how do you feel? I'll, I'll let Daniel respond. I think we, <laughs> we, we did a lot of talking today, but I want to hear what Daniel has to say about this topic. Yeah, Mr. Daniel. <laughs> so I'm going to stay a mom on that conversation because we're actually about to head into our next session here at Fredonia. Uh, but with that, what I want to do real quick is something we do at the end of every podcast is uh, let everyone go around and kind of have like a final word. But today I want to kind of do it a little differently. So, um, in regards to the summit, just give me one word about how you're feeling. Marcus, go. One word. I know that's hard. Inspired. Inspired. Okay, Marcus, you said inspired. Malik, how about you? 
inspired, motivated. Um, I say one word, he give me a book, <laughs> but keep going, keep going. I, I ain't gonna cut you. I say expired. I feel expired, uh, inspired, motivated. I feel determined. I feel like anything is possible. Eye opening. Um, I just feel good about the whole summit. Empowered. I think empowered is the best word to describe today. Uh, seeing everyone's connections and seeing everyone's ability to express themselves and, and, and get out their anger and frustrations and really have the conversation. Definitely empowered. I can't agree with, I can't, I can't agree with each of you uh, any more or less. Uh, being here and seeing all the young men here, uh, seeing the uh, several generations of young men here, uh, from old to the very young. I think probably the youngest person here is probably about 12 years old. Uh, it's been a great experience, and I look forward to the rest of the day. Uh, we've had we've had a chance to participate in workshops around personal finance, uh, mental health, path to entrepreneurship, transformational leadership, and then dressing for success. And each of those uh, are very important to the success of uh, boys and men of color. Uh, with that, I'm going to sign off. Uh, thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Malik. Thank you, Antonio, for being on the Break Bar- Breaking Barriers podcast. Uh, thank you to Say Yes Buffalo, the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo and the Greater Buffalo Racial Equity Roundtable. With that, it's a wrap, and we will see y'all next time. Peace.